All right, the time has finally arrived. Welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 123 of the podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time today. It is greatly appreciated. Here we go. First college football pod of the season that involves picks. So what we're going to do is jump over to Las Vegas in just a few minutes. Ken Thompson, good friend of mine, is going to join the show. We're going to ask him about all of the big matchups on this weekend's card, and we're going to get his thoughts on any under-the-radar picks he's targeting this weekend. Then we're going to close the show with four selections that I have personally isolated for this weekend's card. But before we do all of that, we're going to start with a trend. Now, this is a play I'm going to make, but I want to make it clear. It's for, quote, entertainment purposes. And what I mean by that is I don't think we have an edge when it comes to the line. I don't have any inside information when it comes to this play, but I do it every year, and I win virtually every year on it. So for me, it's fun, and for me, it's tradition. But I'm going to lay out the why right now. Alabama, minus 24 against Louisville. Since Nick Saban took over in Tuscaloosa in 2007, Alabama is 11-0 and straight up in season openers. And in those 11 games, they are 9-1 and against the spread. Now, I understand that 9-1 and doesn't add up to 11. The first ever season opener Nick Saban coached at Alabama was against Western Carolina. That was an unlined game. So in the 10 lined games, Saban is 9-1 and against the spread. But here's where it gets really good. The last six seasons, Saban has opened with FSU, USC, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Michigan. Six big games to open the season. In those six games, Alabama is 6-0. and In those six games, Alabama is 5-1 and against the spread. In those six games, the over is 4-1-1. and In those six games, Alabama is winning by 25.5 points per game. And in those six games, the defense has held the opposition. The opposition, mind you, being Florida State, USC, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Michigan to just 12.8 points per game. So... I know the quarterback situation's a bit up in the air, and I know mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson give Saban trouble, but remember, Lamar Jackson is no longer at Louisville. He's in Baltimore, and the new guy could be in for a world of hurt Saturday night in Orlando. So, bottom line, like I said, I don't think we have an edge when it comes to the number, but this is tradition for me. Every season, I bet the tide to open the year because of what I just laid out, and this year will be no different. Alabama minus 24 over Louisville. Ken Thompson will join us in just a second, but remember, BetQL. Download the app. If you have an iPhone, go to the App Store. If you have a Droid, go to Google Play. BetQL is going to track line movements in real time. It's going to keep you up to date on everything that's happening. It's a very informative app. It's the type of app that not only keeps you organized, it keeps you informed, and it gives you a bit of an edge. There is no one method out there that's going to put you up on the bookmakers, but if you develop a well-rounded and versatile toolbox... You're going to grab 1% here, 1% there, and before you know it, you're going to have an edge. And this BetQL, it's one way to go about trying to build that edge. So if you want to check them out, go to betql.co, not com.co. Check them out now, read about them, download the app, give it a try, let us know what you think here on the Sharp 600. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Ah. 
Let's go out to the Las Vegas desert and visit with my man, Ken Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at KenThompson87, SportsX Radio via 720KDWN. He's making his return to the Sharp 600. Ken, my man, college football is back. How you feeling? Well, I'm feeling great, Joe. You know, it's something in the air, baby. We know it when it gets this time of year. Look, I love the NFL. But there's just something about college football that really gets me geared up big time. Yes, sir. And I love the fact that these week one matchups are getting better and better as years go on. Let's jump into some of them. I'm going to come right out of the gate swinging. Michigan opens as a one-point favorite over Notre Dame. Notre Dame now finding itself a one-point favorite late in the week. I've gone back and forth on this game, and personally, I'm staying away. It's just one I'm going to watch. Which way do you lean here? Well, I got the number earlier, so I got Michigan in some points, and I could see the line movement going. Look, Wimbush is a pretty good quarterback. Jones Jr., Williams, good running backs. They're going to be able to move the ball, there's no doubt. But Michigan's D is solid. So, like they're going to move it, Notre Dame's going to move the ball better against some of these other teams. They're going to struggle, I think, against Michigan's run defense. I think Michigan's one of the top three defenses in the entire country. And Shea Patterson, this guy, could be the answer. It's, it's a guy that gets outside the pocket, that throws well on the run, that can run himself, and he could be that playmaker that Harbaugh has been searching for because they have not had that the last few years. So I like Michigan. I think Michigan's going to win the game. I think their defense will be stingy enough in the first half for them to get a lead, and I like them to win a game by about 7 to 10 points. You know, Patterson suffered a torn PCL last October. That's a quick turnaround to be ready for this game. Does that concern you at all? No, because he's looked solid in practice, and I understand there. I'm more concerned about, you know, things like Achilles and things like that, and, you know, and the detrimental injuries like a Teddy Bridgewater had. But I think Patterson's okay. He's getting outside in practice and, and running around, and that's why he got the gig. If he was even damaged goods at all, Harbaugh wouldn't start him. Washington and Chris Peterson are returning 17 starters. They're opening the season in Atlanta against Gus Malzahn and Auburn, who find themselves as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The SEC features a lot of big, physical boys playing on those lines. The Pac-12 known to not exactly have that kind of beef. Do you like the idea of Washington going in here and hanging with uh, the Tigers? I do. I think Washington, you know, the defense is going to be solid. Their secondary may be one of the best, I'd say, in the top four for sure in college football. So, again, Stidham, a pretty good, pretty good accurate passer there for Auburn. Going to try and get the ball down the field. Look, they lose two solid running backs. They do have Cam Martin coming back. So, you know, he's going to have to prove himself. Gaskin, one of the better running backs in the country for Washington. And if Browning doesn't make the big mistake, again, yes, it's a neutral field, but it's in Atlanta. So, of course, advantage geographically for Auburn. But I really think Peterson still an advantage over Malzahn. And I respect Malzahn as far as his offensive innovativeness, but as far as uh, overall coach, give me Chris Peterson all day. And I think Washington's going to win this game. I think it'll be close, but I think Washington gets the W. And it's a huge game, not for Washington only, for the Pac-12, because if Washington loses, all of a sudden the Pac-12 on the outside looking in again at the possible playoff unless somebody else surprises and runs the table. It's not exactly the biggest game on the schedule, but Oklahoma will make the transition from Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall draft pick Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray, who was a first-round draft pick of the Oakland Athletics this past spring. Now, Lane Kiffin in Florida Atlantic, no slouch, 10-4 and against the spread last season. They find themselves as 21-point dogs. What do you think about the idea of Kiffin and his 10 returning starters on defense rolling into Norman and finding a way to hang in this one? Well, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to hang Why, you know, DeAndre Johnson gets things together on the offense. We know the offense is set to 
you know, spread people out. And they do have that speed from Florida. So as good as Oklahoma's defense is, there's going to be some guys that are going to be out on an island and they better make plays. So I think Oklahoma wins the game. Why? Because Kyler Murray, he is a two-sport superstar. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he got limited action last year. He came in. I mean, there's nobody that picks him up, puts him down faster than him from the quarterback position. So I think Oklahoma wins the game, but I expect FAU to keep it somewhat within the shouting distance, probably somewhere uh, maybe about 13 to 17 points, somewhere in that neighborhood, which would cover the 21-21 and a half that you can get. Nick Saban has never lost a season opener since he went to Alabama. 11-0 straight up, 9-1 and against the spread. One of those games, the first one he ever played against Western Carolina, was unlined, which is why those two numbers don't match up. But in his last six against teams like Michigan, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin, USC, and Florida State, his defense is only giving up 13 points per game, 6-0 and straight up, 5-1 and against the spread. They're going to take on Louisville. They're 24-point favorites. Is that too much to lay? I think it is. I think Louisville, because you're giving Bobby Petrino, another great innovative offensive mind, too much time to prepare for this game. He's got one of the better receivers in the country and a better receiving core than Alabama has right now. Jalen Smith is cleared to play this game. He's their big playmaker. Now, a lot of pressure on the youngster. Juwan Pass, the quarterback, going to take over, of course, for Jackson, so that's not going to be easy. But when you look at the defense for Louisville, they're going to have to do their job and slow down Bama, but Bama loses everybody in the secondary. So you're going to see Petrino take some shots deep. Look, even if they're picked, he's got to do that. He's got to try and stretch the field, keep their corners and their safeties honest. They don't want him cheating up to try and shut down the run game. Trey Smith's a pretty good running back for Louisville. But overall, I think it's too many points. I think it's, you know, somewhere uh, Bama wins a game maybe around 10 to 17 points when it's all said and done. Sunday standalone game, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Mark Rick, the turnover chain in the Miami Hurricanes, three-and-a-half-point favorites against LSU. This should function more like a home game for the Tigers than it does the Hurricanes. Uh, Dallas not being all that far from Louisiana. This is a tough one. To me, this is like Notre Dame and Michigan. I can't find a side here. I like what Rick has done at Miami. I know LSU can play some defense. Is Ed Orgeron up for the task here? Are they finally going to play some offense in Baton Rouge? Well, you know what, Joe Burrow, the transfer from Ohio State, he'll get the start. We'll find out who the running game is uh, going to feature. I know Brassett is there, and they got Hilaire Edwards. Two decent running backs. Again, LSU, what do they do? They replenish as far as running backs and wide receivers. We don't think of them as a a team that throws the ball up, but look at all the great receivers that they put in the NFL over the last several years. So if Burrow can throw the ball, you're right. It'll be an LSU geographical-type home setup, but that can work for them or against them because Ogeron entering into the season is already on the hot seat. So if they struggle and they get pummeled by Miami, it could be you know a long season and he could be gone early. Miami, on the other hand, Travis Homer, outstanding running back, filled in last year when they were uh, depleted there when Walton went down, and a good quarterback in Rozier, but he makes mistakes as well. So I think it's a game that, like you said, this one's up for grabs. Uh, three and a half if you can get it. If you take a shot with LSU, otherwise you stay away. But this should be a fun one, and it is a good one to have a standalone game on Sunday afternoon. Jimbo Fisher now at Texas A&M. The Willie Taggart era begins for the Florida State Seminoles, who are laying seven and a half against Virginia Tech on Monday. I like Willie Taggart. He's had a lot of success, but it always takes him a few years to get his system, his culture, and his players in place. Does he have enough at Florida State to cover the seven and a half against Tech? I don't know, man, because Justin Fuente is a pretty darn good coach as well. I mean, he came over from Memphis, and, you know, Blacksburg, you know, you recruit there, and, and Beamer Ball did it for a long time, but I really like 
you know, what they have going on as well over there. And I think seven and a half is too many in Taggart's first game. Look, the talent is there for Florida State. And again, you know, you look at the quarterback situation, Francois wins a job over Blackman. Can Francois be that guy? Can he stay healthy? We saw him go out in the Bama game last year, and then he was done for the year. He also has to stay focused off the field because he's had problems there as well. So Florida State, uh, you know, they're going to have that that advantage there. But uh, you know what, Virginia Tech, I don't underestimate Justin Fuente's team, and I think they're going to be able to hang in that game. I would not lay more than seven points. In fact, I would only lay less than seven if I was going to take Florida State. But right now that line's sitting at seven and a half. There's some sevens out here in Vegas as well. So if I had to play the game, I'm taking the points in Virginia Tech. Final question for you. We hit on all the big games. Are there any under-the-radar games you're eyeing up this weekend? Oh, there are. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Wyoming. I know they were impressive against New Mexico State, which isn't saying much, but they're at home against the Wazoo team that there's a lot of question marks on. Again, you don't have a returning starting quarterback because of the tragedy with Holinsky and, of course, Falk going to the NFL. So I'm looking at Wyoming there, and I love the Cal Bears. Now, I played Cal minus five and a half. It's up to seven, seven and a half, a lot of places here. What Wilcox has done with that squad in a short period of time has changed that team from being just a wide-open offensive machine like Dykes had to where it's now a balanced machine. And I think Cal, not only will they win this game handily against the depleted North Carolina team that's missing Surratt, their starting quarterback who's suspended, but I think Cal has an opportunity to really surprise and take out some top teams, not only in the North, but throughout the Pac-12. Wouldn't surprise me if Cal wins eight games this year. He's one of the smartest college football minds in the business. Check him out on Twitter, at KenThompson87. Check out the show on SportsX Radio via 720 KDWN. Ken Thompson with us here on the Sharp 600. Love you, buddy. That was outstanding. Thanks so much, Ken. Joe, appreciate you as always, buddy. Can't wait till you come back to Vegas. We'll see you soon, buddy. going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Fish's three-night run at Dick's starts tonight in Colorado, so fire away. All right, game number one, noon Eastern Saturday, Florida Atlantic plus 21 at Oklahoma. Head coach Lane Kiffin transformed the 86th-ranked offense in 2016 into a high-flying machine that ranked fifth in the nation in total offense last season. Let me put that another way if it didn't sink in. The Owls went from averaging 398 yards and 26 points per game before Kiffin to 498 total yards and 41 points per game in Kiffin's first year on the job. That translated to an 11-3 record and a 10-4 number against the spread. Now, Florida Atlantic went to Camp Randall last year and hung with Wisconsin in Week 2, so they know what it's like to go on the road in a hostile environment against some of the best in the business. Give me the 21 points with Florida Atlantic. Ten starters are back on defense. I think they hang tight with Kyler Murray and the Sooners. Game number two, also Saturday at noon Eastern. Texas laying 13.5 at Maryland. Maryland is a mess. Head coach DJ Durkin lost seven of his final eight games to close out last season, but he's going to begin the year on paid administrative leave as University of Maryland investigates allegations of abuse and disparagement in the program, as well as the death of offensive lineman Jordan McNair. So needless to say, Maryland has had a really brutal month leading up to this first game of the season. That's a bad spot to find oneself against a 23rd-ranked team in Texas, which is set to begin year two of the Tom Herman experiment. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast know how much I love Tom Herman going all the way back to his successes at Houston. The man covers spreads. Lay the 13 and a half with Texas. 
Game number three, West Virginia laying nine against Tennessee. Neutral site game. Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. 23-year-old Will Greer, who ranked third in the Big 12 in passer rating last season behind NFL draft picks Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph, leads one of the country's most explosive offenses against a truly down-on-its-luck Tennessee program that is trotting out its fifth head coach since 2008 in Jeremy Pruitt. So while the Vols are rebuilding, the Mountaineers are returning their top two receiving options, as well as an experienced offensive line, deep backfield, and a Heisman Trophy candidate in Will Greer. Tennessee gave up damn near 30 points per game last season, while West Virginia ranked 22nd in the country in scoring. Don't be surprised if Dana Holgerson tries to run it up, lay the nine with West Virginia. And finally, Washington, plus two and a half against Auburn. I'm really hoping to grab three with the Huskies, but I'll take the two and a half. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Washington's Chris Peterson, the head coach, second highest winning percentage among all college football coaches who are currently active. He's 9-3 and three straight up in season opening games for his career, 3-1 and one against the number in season openers when catching points. Auburn is going back to its house of horrors. They got blown out in the SEC championship game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium by Georgia, and then they were embarrassed by Central Florida in the Peach Bowl a month later. Peterson is returning 17 starters, has one of the best secondaries in the country, and a fourth-year senior quarterback in Jake Browning. Give me the two-and-a-half with Washington. So to recap, you're going to take 21 with Florida Atlantic, lay 13-and-a-half with Texas, lay 9 with West Virginia, take two-and-a-half with Washington. That is a wrap for us. Ladies and gentlemen, college football is finally back. Enjoy the games this weekend. We're back next week. Be well. Best of luck.